Welcome back, everybody, to the Rooted in Logos podcast, episode number 109. My name is Brad, joined as always by my dear friend, co-conspirator, partner in crime, Austin Loop. Austin, how you doing? I'm doing excellent, sir. Fantastic. A couple more words I can't think of off the top of my head, but I'm doing great. It's fine. I feel like you were wanting to add on more to that. Yeah, It's waiting, but it's gone. All right. Well, we are back recording again. Going to jump back into the book of John. Pick up where we left off last week. We're going to start in verse 6 and kind of do what we do. We'll just go verse by verse and break it down and kind of explore the topic at hand. Uh, real quick before we do, a couple housekeeping notes. First of all, my dog has decided he wants to bark at everything right now, so you might hear that at some point because this is going to be a lightly edited episode. Hopefully uh, one that won't need a ton of editing, but lightly edited. And... Because it is a gorgeous day outside, it is not 5,000 degrees, we have um, the lovely sounds of a lawnmower uh, outside. It's a good day for it. Not sure how long that'll last, hopefully not too long, but it is happening, and we'll just deal with it. So I apologize for that. All right, a couple things. Uh, follow us social media, five-star review. That'd be wonderful. But another announcement is we have a fundraiser set up for, for uh, our listeners uh, you know, we have we've had Patreon for a while. And we haven't got a ton of traction on that, which is totally okay. Uh, obviously, that's a commitment. And to those of you who have made that commitment, we thank you guys. We love you all. You, you guys are really you're helping us keep this going, just with how much it costs to host the podcast on the internet and all that jazz. And so we, that's all we could ask for. And that's amazing. But we are asking for more. Uh, <laughs> we are doing a fundraiser to get us a booth at winter jam we want to do a booth at the lexington and louisville winter jams in 2024 yeah we don't have those dates yet they haven't announced it they haven't announced the lineups but louisville is typically somewhere in march usually yep. toward the end of march it's it's actually usually one of the last tour stops of winter jam i think so most years and then lexington is somewhere january february typically so that's kind of what we're hoping for we're hoping to get one in each now we're asking for forty two hundred dollars. It is roughly two thousand dollars a piece to to get our name in Winter Jam, get a booth at Winter Jam, roughly two thousand. The other two hundred dollars will just either be the fees that this website, you know, charges us to to use their platform. If they tr- don't charge us, we have any left over. Honestly, we'll probably grab some more bracelets or a couple t like we'll make ourselves a couple t shirts to wear while we're there. That'd be cool. Something like that, just to you know have a have our name there a little bit more prominently so that's kind of our goal and so we wanted to be honest with you about what we're going to do with the money that's exactly what we're going to do with the money if we get half of it praise god we will be at one of them yep we will go to one of the one of the things so we're very excited so let me give you that website really fast um hang on real quick i gotta switch over to the rooted page here okay now we're just being goofy so the page is Give Butter, G-I-V-E-B-U-T-T-E-R, Give Butter. It's givebutter.com slash rooted, R-O-O-T-E-D, givebutter.com slash rooted. That is where you can donate a one-time donation. It's not a monthly thing. It's not. It's whatever you want to give. It, it can be $5. It could be 10 It could be 1000 It could be whatever you want to give us. We would greatly appreciate it. It, it is, um, you know, we have, it's been active for a couple hours. But we haven't raised a dollar, so this is ridiculous. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but no, uh, this is ridiculous. In, in everyone's defense, I just saw it too. 
just now. Yeah. So again, if you feel led, that'd be amazing. We would love to be able to do that. And, and realistically with the two of us and our incomes, that'll be tough to, to get a booth at winter jam just with our own funds. Yeah. So the hope is, and the prayer is that if you guys want to see us grow and want to see us, you know, kind of expand the ministry and kind of do a little bit more and get the numbers up and, as numbers go up, the more time we could actually spend with this because the more money we could potentially make as income and the more time we could focus on on what we're doing, you know, on this as a growth in a ministry. Right. Not just, you know, studying weekly for for the episodes. So, right. um, so if you can do that, that'd be amazing. We'd love to um, just get our name out there. So thanks in advance. Thank you. And you will hear me talk. You won't hear me talk about it in depth every every episode between now and then. But you'll hear me uh, mention it from time to time and Facebook and all that. I'll have some posts. Should, should we throw some? If you give twenty dollars, God will give you. God back will 40. give you back forty dollars. <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we, sorry. we could also go the route of that pastor that we played a few weeks back. You remember that where he was right. saying, "How dare you! I should have a watch." watch. You buy me that one. You can buy me Sam's. You can buy me Costco. You know, buy me that watch. You could buy your Starbucks. Uh, we're not going to do that. We're not going to guilt anybody. Don't you go to your Starbucks. <laughs> We gotta go to Winter Jam. We gotta go see Skill. I mean, we gotta go right. r- worship Jesus. <laughs> hey, I go to Winter Jam to have fun. I'm not gonna lie. So there you go. But uh, so we are starting. Or last week we started uh, the Book of John. We we're gonna go through the Gospel of John verse by verse, kind of in our normal fashion. And we got through verse five in in one episode. That's actually not bad considering our right. normal track record. So well, and the thing is, like, we could have, but. We're not here going verse by verse doing an exhaustive study on these books. What we're doing is we're just, we're going verse by verse introducing these books. Because if you've ever heard sermon series or anything, people are in these books for years. And so we're, our plan isn't to do that. Our, Our plan is to be able to just show this in a little bit different light to hopefully, you know, energize you guys to go dive into it and actually study it yourself right and so that is that is kind of what we're doing here and we are coming up on kind of the second little section of john chapter one and it's all about john the baptist so it's all about jesus's forerunner uh just a little you know if you guys don't know who that is it is jesus's cousin right mm-hmm. um yeah we're not talking about john the apostle correct John the Baptist. John the Baptist. John he, is writing about John. He was the one in the wilderness eating what? Eating locust and honey. Locust and honey. Dressed in camel hair, fur. camel's fur. Yeah. yeah. So, talking about repent for the day of the Lord is at hand, and baptizing people with water. And John the Baptist baptized Jesus as you know as Jesus's earthly ministry was getting off the ground, and so that is who we are going to be talking about for the probably the next couple of weeks, honestly, yep. with this with this particular topic. And we'll go from there. Um, so, honestly, let's just start in verse 6, and, and I'll, I'll read 6 through 13. Because yeah, that just seems... 6 through 18. 6 through 18. Yeah. All right, well, I'll read 6 through 18, and we'll just kind of see how far we get in the time allotted. So here we go. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 15 says, John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Hmm. That is verses 6 through 18, just kind of the start of talking about John the Baptist, because it does continue a little bit more uh, throughout this particular chapter about John the Baptist. The next section is also the testimony of John the Baptist. But this is... An interesting thing because, and correct me if I'm wrong, the first couple verses here, six through, oh, six through eight, almost sounds like people were worshiping John the Baptist. Could have been, well, in, in, in a way, yeah. Because what happened? Granted, we'll read it later. We won't get to it today. But the Pharisees sent men to ask John. They asked him, "Are you the Messiah?" He says, "No, I'm not." says, are you a prophet? No, I'm not. Are you Elijah? He says, no, I'm not. So yeah, they're asking all these questions. They're like, so why are you baptizing? We won't spoil it. <laughs> but but yeah, they're, they're wondering if he's the guy. And he's over here like, no, I'm not the guy. Not the guy. And it, it's very easy for people to, to start to worship someone like this. Um, especially it's been, what, 400 years since their, their last prophet? Yeah. Now, a, a lot of people point to, today, they point to John the Baptist as the last prophet of the Old Testament. I have an issue with it. It, it. it sounds good and it makes sense, but literally when they ask John later, are you a prophet or the prophet? He says, no, no, I'm not. I'm just a voice uh, crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. Um, so he is not a prophet. But he is a very, very special man. Um, Later, as we'll read, Jesus himself says he is the greatest man born of woman. Like, wow. The, The son of God, the king, says of this man, he is the greatest born of woman. And even going later to say how um, basically, he's the greatest on earth, but the the least in heaven is greater than he. So later we'll we'll read that. But it's just you know mind blowing stuff. But yeah, they they were starting to look at him as this Messiah figure, as this this prophet. And later he says, "No, no, I'm not." But but it's interesting. So what we were talking about last week, how. This was written a little bit later, and how people contest how it wasn't John, and why it wasn't John, and how, why would someone be able to recount things like this, you know, 50 years later? Well, like we said last week, they told this. He, he said these 
quote unquote stories over and over. He told people about this all the time. And later we'll read it if, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, um, there are two disciples that are following John the Baptist. And when Jesus comes strolling by, uh, John the Baptist says, uh, Behold the Lamb of the world. And the two disciples start to follow Jesus. And John is one of those disciples. John was one of the disciples that was following John the Baptist. And so he had this um, very personal relationship with John the Baptist. So he, he knew these things. He saw these things. And so there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. So, stopping right there. What is John the Baptist not? We, we talked about earlier. He's not a prophet. He's not the Messiah. He's not the Messiah. He's not who's going to bring about salvation. Yep. But he's also, he's not the light. He is not the light. Now, very, very big distinction I think we should lay out too is John the Baptist, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think I am. He had the Holy Spirit within him. So, I mean, I would. So when so <laughs> yeah, so this would be the first because throughout the Old Testament it's the Holy Spirit rested upon them, and maybe every once in a while they were filled, but then the Holy Spirit left. That didn't reside there. This is the first man that that we know of here in Scripture that the Holy Spirit resided in. So the Holy Spirit was within John, even to the point where. When he was, uh, I believe the time was six months. He was six months old in the womb of Elizabeth. That when Mary, the mother of Jesus, having Jesus in her womb, came and just hearing Mary's voice, John, in the womb at six months gestation, leaps. Yeah. Now, I have five children. I have felt, you know, somersaults within my wife's belly before. Uh, it's, it's awesome. But even to the point where it says Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she knew. So, Paul, or, so John has the Holy Spirit, okay? He has God within him, but yet he is still not the light of the world. And so, still, making that distinction. I mean, still a sinful man. Still a sinful man, yeah. Still a sinful yeah. man. And... You know, verse 7 very clearly states what John's purpose was on earth. To wit, uh, he, would, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. And now this, this is interesting. It's, it's a lowercase h. Mm -hmm. So it is not talking about belief through him being through Jesus Christ. It, it's basically John, his whole purpose, his whole bout in life was to get people to believe in Christ. Yes. Tell people about Christ, bear witness to Christ, to Jesus, to this man from Galilee, to get them to believe. Yeah. That was his whole purpose. Well, and it's interesting, because as we read on to it, he's not starting his ministry saying, Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. He's not going around saying, Jesus is the Messiah, be baptized. He's going around saying, the light of the world is coming. I am here before he is coming after me. 
because he is before me. But he's not going around saying, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, that's him, until later. Right. But he's his cousin. He he knows Jesus. Again, six months in the womb, he leapt. So he knows. But I so cool and so interesting. Going back to Scripture, it's Jesus' time was not yet. John knew that. Right. Because of the Holy Spirit within him. He knew that the time for Jesus's ministry was not quite ready to kick off yet, but he was in full swing with his ministry, paving the way for Christ's. And, and John was, I guess, an an agent of belief, right? Like he yeah. he, he was he was kind of the the he was the voice out in the wilderness crying out that you need to repent, you need to believe, but he wasn't the object of that belief. Right. Jesus is the object of that belief. Yeah. And, and that is from all the accounts of John the Baptist and all the Gospels, that is his goal, is to point people to Jesus, not to himself, not to worship him or, or call him the Son of God. Or I can only imagine, too, and this is extra biblical, this is just me kind of thinking through human nature. Yeah. I can only imagine, like, the temptation that he would have to get a little puffed up and a little air like yeah my cousin is god's son so you need to listen to me because i like i can only imagine yeah. that temptation yeah that he he would have and, and there doesn't seem to be any indications in scripture that he succumbed to that in any way like Not he stayed humble he stayed very true to his mission and to his calling obviously yeah. we believe he was a sinful man and so there i'm sure there were issues not recorded in scripture with his sin nature but he stayed on mission, stayed yeah. on task, realized, again, that he was not the object of the belief. He was just right. someone telling people about the object of the belief. Pointing, yeah. Well, and, and I firmly believe God, God protected John the Baptist. Or I guess let's make a distinction. John is not Baptist or Southern Baptist. <laughs> I guess let's refer, let's refer to him as John the Baptizer. Yeah. So, okay, John the Baptizer. I firmly believe God protected him from a lot of that, even going back to when uh, his father, Zechariah, and his mother, Elizabeth, was told that he was going to be born, the angel Gabriel said to John, John's, John the baptizer's dad, Zechariah, <laughs> oh my goodness, okay, that basically he was going to be a Nazarite, Nazarite vow, uh, no razor's going to touch his head, no alcohol, can't touch nothing dead, nothing like that. Um, so he was set up literally from birth to do this thing, this one and only thing, point the way for Christ. And even to the point where a, a lot of people, I, I don't know, cause it's not in scripture. Um, it's extra biblical, um, talking about since his parents were so old when they had him that they died when he was fairly young. So his being out in the wilderness was a part of that. I don't know. I see it more of as God led him there for the purpose of staying away until his ministry was full rot. And so he was out in the wilderness. He was eating honey and eating locusts and camel's fur. That was him because God had him there. Dressing in camel's fur, not eating camel's fur. Right. Right. Well, no, it just the Impli the, the yeah. list that you gave Wear. you implied that he wears. wearing yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. camel's fur. We we don't recommend eating 
Cam- probably don't recommend wearing camel's fur either. Probably, it feels like it'd be itchy. Yeah. What a way to be humble, though. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of the... It reminds me a little bit of, of how the Jewish people mourned back, you know, in the Old Testament days where they would wear burlap, right? Sackcloth. And sackcloth. Ashes. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they would wear very uncomfortable things, very uncomfortable uh, garments to, to express their emotions and their mourning well and that's interesting too because you know nowhere do we see that john is mourning he he is filled with joy just a crazy man out in the desert exactly at least that's what people thought that's what people thought yeah but look how many came to him people listened just another just another point another indication that just preach the truth yeah yeah we we talked about this in the lost episode, and we're not going to get into what we exactly what we talked about in the lost episode. But one of the points that I brought up, and and that I've heard other people bring up as well, is the truth draws people in. Mm. You don't need all that extra crud in there, right? Like you don't need all that extra nonsense. You don't need to talk like the uh, like the people of our culture. You don't need to use the language that the people use today in other music, right? You don't need the F words. You don't need yep. to, to speak and curse like a sailor. You don't need to make these sexually explicit jokes or or turn your church into this per- rock star performance. You, you, you just need the truth. And the truth is going to draw in people who are seeking the truth. Yeah. Granted, your big name churches that are not preaching the gospel are drawing in a lot of people because people still want to hear things that make them feel good. But if you're preaching the truth just as John the Baptist is, you're going to be called crazy by some. You're going to be called, in our day and age, bigoted and homophobic and racist and all these things. You're going to be called these names. You're going to be ostracized for it by the culture. But there are going to be people who want the truth. And if you preach the truth, Jesus's, I heard John Cooper refer to it as Jesus's aroma, will draw people in. Mm, Yeah. We don't have to do all this extra stuff that, that the world does and, and, not saying lights are in in church are bad, drums are bad. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying adapting to the culture in such a way that we're compromising our values. Exactly. We don't need to do that. Yeah. Just preach the truth. That's exactly the image I get here with John. Out in the desert, eating locusts and honey, wearing camel's clothes, that crazy man out in the desert. But wait a minute. Something he says is intriguing. Yeah. Let's go listen. Yeah. Well, and it, for also, me. Also, if your pastor's not wearing camel in, out in the thing. He's probably not a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell my pastor that. That's there you fine. go. <laughs> no, I and even looking at okay, street preachers, street preachers nowadays, um, there is a lot that, in my humble opinion, don't do it right. Um, it, very off-putting. Uh, the the seasoning with salt and light as scripture says, it is not there, but there's a lot that do it very well. And for me that this goes to, I believe point us to do stuff like that, go out into the world and go on a street corner. What was John's mission? He was a man on a mission for sure. But what was he preaching? What was he telling people? Repent, repent, telling them what you're doing's wrong repent, confess, say it's wrong, and then turn away from it, and then come to the Messiah. Do the same thing. If, if you are out in the world, and you don't know what to say, go 
go back to scripture, what did John the baptizer say? Repent, repent, turn away from what you are doing, what you're doing is wrong. So if you, you have the inclination of going out and, and telling people about Christ, okay, you have plethora of scriptures to use. So many things. So many things. Yeah. But if you don't know what to say, if you don't want to offend people, you're going to have to step away from that a little bit. Because if you're going to look at someone and say, repent, it, it might offend them. But if it is good for the greatest man to ever be born to woman on the face of the planet, and that is what God had him doing, I'd say it's good enough for us, too. I do have a small, like, annoyance with, with the street preachers. Just in a in a sense of in our culture in our day and age, man, that that just turns people off so much. It does, and, and it it's so hard. I don't know. I struggle with that because I'll yep. sit there and I'll run across them at various events and things that I'm I'm going to or a part of or whatever, and I'm like, man, I like ninety percent of what you're saying, and I agree with probably ninety percent of what you're saying. Yeah. But man, we gotta we gotta try a different tactic here, bro. A lot bro, of it is presentation. It, it is, it is. It's presentation, yeah. and, and you know, yeah. Well, and it's it's try not to be, you know me. Uh, try not to be too. Uh, what's the word? Uh, judge not judging, but condemning maybe not even or condemning. Or, it's just scrutinizing when you see something you're listening to something and you are your guards up all the time which is good we're supposed to um criticize oh my goodness i can't think of the word i'll, I'll come to it later <laughs> but yeah like you're saying like you agree 90 with 90 percent of it and you might not agree with the 10 percent that is presentation but it's like okay is what they're saying good but i'm just over here like I don't really want to associate with this or is that your flesh and you should be like, no, this guy's right. And so I, I think that's one that we need to pay attention to. Like for one, I, I remember it was when Emily and I, we weren't married yet. We were engaged and we went to a Shania Twain concert at the M center. Man, And so we were in line that song takes on a whole new meaning it, in 2023, it doesn't does. it? It does. We're not going down that rabbit hole, Brad. <laughs> I knew as soon as I said Shania Twain. Anyway, anyway, no, we're in line waiting for the doors to be open. And this, this guy gets up with a megaphone, stands on a soapbox, not a soapbox, but it stands literally on a box. And instead of preaching the gospel... There's a slight chance I know who that man is, too, but we'll talk about that later off I, the air. I don't remember. We'll, we'll talk about that off the air. Okay. Continue. Well, no, he gets up and he starts just railing on all of us saying we're, we're sinners, which I'm like, yeah, that's true. But then he says, you know, we're evil, we're wicked, we're going to a sinful concert. And I'm like, okay, on one hand, yeah, Shania Twain is not a Christian that I know of in any of her songs. Um, but but I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I like, like I'm agreeing. Like, I'm like, yeah, like we're sinful. Yeah, we're evil. Yeah, we're debased. Yeah, yeah. And, but I'm like, all right, so where, where's the, where's the, the grace here? Where's the truth? Where's Christ? Where is you have been forgiven? Christ loves you type deal. And again, you know me, I, I'm not the guy that needs 
all Christ's love all the time. I'm like, give give me some of that wrath. I'm Old <laughs> Testament too. But there was nothing. Yeah. It was just all condemnation and I'm I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And if it if I were there now, I would have gone up and said something. Back then I didn't, and I wish I did, but but it was just all condemnation. It was no there was no even repentance. There was no calling for repentance. And it was so off-putting, but for both Emily and I, we're like, we're we're believers, we're Christians, right. and there were a lot of non-believers there. I'm like, man, there is no salt, there's no light here. It it does, and and they've they've given themselves. This has gone down such a weird rabbit hole, but they've given themselves John the Baptizer. It's yeah, it, they they've given themselves a bad rap because you you have the people like the Westboro Baptist Church, who I I find disgusting. Just mm. the, the that group of people. I want to say they're in Kansas. I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. where they are, but they're the ones that protest, you know, funerals of of soldiers, and they protest. God, you know, they, they write, and I'm going to just say the phrase that it says there. So excuse me, but uh, you know, they write the the signs that say God hates fags, mm. and they do all this, and I'm like, that that is not Christianity. That that is yeah. not it's what, not loving your neighbor. It's not loving your neighbor. That's not what we do. That's not what we are. We Yes, we call out sin when we see it, and we speak truth, and we are, do it in a loving way. But also, again, I go back to this line. I'm sure I've said it on this podcast sometime, multiple times probably, but that line in that Casting Crown song where he says, God's got to change her heart before he changes her shirt. It's we call people to Christ, and we call people to him and say, listen, there's a better way to do this, and there, there's a better way to live. There's a life that we can live that is more fulfilling, more rewarding more satisfying yeah. and it's through Christ it's through denying our sinful flesh and our sinful desires and and, and practicing that self-control and, and not giving in to every desire that we have and then God makes the change yeah. we don't make the change we're not changed sparker we're not we, we don't we don't change people right the Holy Spirit God changes people yeah we call them to that change maker exactly right we yeah. call them to that person and what I see with these you know, street evangelist and 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 the people of, of that mentality is is a well, you're just the worst and you're awful, and it, and nothing else, and it just stops there. Right. And it's like, yeah, okay, I am. I read a did a communion meditation at church a couple of weeks ago, and I read a Puritan uh, a, a writing some Puritan writings where it called us worms. Like we, I under, I'm with you on that. We are worms. We are nothing but but God. Right, but grace, but love, but mercy, and so it's that balance. And and yes, you come as you are. You don't stay that way, though. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's that's where I really have that rub with people that are standing on the soapboxes outside of concerts, outside of events. Yeah. Trying to preach the gospel, and I'm like, man, I applaud some of it. <laughs> right. But also, I also know, like, even as a Christian, as a believer, I look at them, I'm like, man, I. I just don't know if this is the right way to go about this right now. Yeah. And I see everyone around them who probably aren't believers and they're just snarling and, you know, just right. at best ignoring, at worst, you know, making comments or poking fun. I'm like, this oh, yeah. just is not this is not effective in today's day and age. Yeah. Well, and and that's one of those things like maybe a topic one day. What is effective? What is effective evangelizing? Anyway. Be, well, and so this is something I actually think my, my heart's been softened to over the past couple of years. Um, 
man, rabbit trail, but it's fine because it's applicable. Talking about sharing the gospel in public because God doesn't change. God had John doing this for a reason. Yeah. And I and I I honestly still believe that this is applicable today. Again, going back to presentation, doing it right. Um, we've we've heard and seen the things done wrong, but I have seen it done very well. And um actually foreshadowing for a later episode, we're actually gonna have somebody on who is and does that very regularly. Uh he actually went over to Israel and he was street preaching with a group of evangelists during Israel's Pride Festival. Um, so we're, we're going to be hearing about that. I'm pretty excited for that, so heads up for that. Um, but being able to go out into the world on a street corner, in the middle, uh, or on the edge of a river, and calling people to repentance, and calling them to be baptized. I mean, okay, going back to the Great Commission— what does he call us to do? He calls us to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to disciple them, share the gospel. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, so for me, it's intimidating because I've never done it before, but like I, I wouldn't mind it. I'd like to, actually. Um, but again, it all goes back to doing it the right way, making sure you are salt and light. Uh, there, and again, two, there are two types of salt, one for preservation and one for taste. Preservation is for scripture. We pres preserve scripture, but for taste is for people, is to get them to scripture. And then we're to be light. Again, which is interesting, going back to what we're talking about, okay? So verse... Seven, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Verse eight, he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. We are bearing witness about the light that has already come into the world, and it is in the world. The king is taking dominion, and we are his agents fulfilling that. We're spreading through the Great Commission all Making over the disciples. world. Making disciples, exactly. Um, Which, I mean, I think is is really cool. You've heard uh, Atticus been on the show a couple of times, and the organization that he works with, that is, that is they're, they're making disciples. They are out there living out the Great Commission and, and doing some amazing things with people in other countries and, and really focusing on the idea of making disciples, not just a right. quick little short mission trip where they – People emotionally convert to Christianity, and then we just right. leave them, and there's nothing behind. It's, no, no, no. We are going to meet with you because our technology is so amazing. We're going to meet with you across the world weekly, day, monthly, day, whatever, however, whatever you need, however yeah. it is, and we are discipling you, and we are making you a disciple. We are training you to be a disciple who then can go make more disciples. That's their, it's an amazing their motto, thing. Or, not so, their motto, but making disciples who make disciples some, who make something disciples. Something to that effect, yeah. 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 And, and I, I love that because them. that's not something that, that we see a lot, especially in short-term missions. We, we just see this focus on, well, let's go make as many converts, quote-unquote, as we can and come back feeling good about ourselves. Yeah. And that's not what that organization does. Maybe we'll have them on here and talk about that again at some point. 
because it's such a cool mission. They've got big things, and going they've on got some too. big things going on. So I, we'd love to get to that. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves with all <laughs> these plans. John, verse nine: the true light, <laughs> which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And so, as John the Baptizer, John the Baptist is is preaching and is shouting out in the desert. John, John the Apostle John, who wrote the book John, <laughs> is saying that light was coming. Mm. It it hadn't happened yet as John was preaching, but it was on. He was on his way. He was he was living. He was alive. He was there, but his earthly ministry hadn't started yet. Right. right. The light, the true light, which gives light to everyone. And again, it's it's that not universalism, not this idea that everyone's going to end up in heaven. Everyone is okay. Everyone, all roads lead to the same God. Like not that kind of gives light to everyone but illuminates their need for a savior. The yeah. true light exposes the darkness that we have inside of us. Yes. Well, and in, I forgot who told me this. Oh man. If I remember it, if you're listening and you told me this, forgive me, uh, let me know. But it was whenever the light turns on, it's where you, you see all the weird bugs come out. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, or the mice, or the just the yuck. You what turn is it, on the cockroaches, light. right? Like yeah, you see yeah. the cockroaches scurry, and they're all like ah, and they run away. Yeah. yeah, and and again, I go back to creation. I go back to when God said, "Let there be light." It's Christ, Christ shone forth, and then God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit begin to create everything, and so. Now the light, which was there from the beginning and was at the beginning, is now coming into the world. And like, like Brett said, his, his earthly ministry hadn't started yet, um, but he was there. He was there. So I like, I like what MacArthur says here. It says, through God's sovereign power, every person has enough light to be responsible. God has planted his knowledge in man through general revelation in creation and conscience. The result of general revelation, however, does not produce salvation, but either leads to the complete light of Jesus Christ or produces condemnation to those who reject the light. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. I mean, if you start you start unpacking that verse, I mean, that that's a series in and of itself. And, and you can go in, I mean, just, just look at it as a believer. I'm sure you you know and interact with and are even close to unbelievers. I, I would assume you are. And I want you to think about this this idea. We're we all worship something. Period. We are creatures that crave something to worship. Yes. Could be self. Yeah. I mean you, you it could it could be you worship yourself or your individuality or your freedom or, or whatever that However, that you know uh, reveals itself. You, yeah. you worship yourself. You worship money, 
we talked about that at length in in First Timothy, talking about that the root of all kinds of evil is the love of money, or the worship of money. Yes, you worship money. You're greedy. You we we might all know. I would I would argue a lot of us know someone like that that worships money. They will do whatever they can to get it. They will sacrifice anything to get more money. Yeah. What? When is it going to be enough? Well, I just need to make one more dollar. They get asked that they make another dollar. Is that enough? No, I need to make one more dollar. Yeah. Well, and it, it interesting conversation because we had it before, but just that thought of you say worship and people go to the mindset of, well, I'm not bowing, bowing before down. my yeah. dollars, so of course I'm yeah. not worshiping. Yeah. Well, you don't understand what worship is then. And again, this gets transposed and translated back to how we worship God. It's not just the you're bowing down to God. Yes, that is a form of worship. Yes, if you put a dollar down and you bow down to it, yes, that's a form of worship. <laughs> right. But true worship and true um, love of something, literally look at money. Literally look at the people who they can't get enough of it. And it isn't them bowing down worshiping it. It's they just want more or the the toys that come from money. Yeah. Or alcohol, or the, literally, the you can put anything comes, there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, people worship status. People worship their yep. titles, right? People worship their pets. I mean, they're, they're, we are created to worship something. Well, well yeah. name, we are created to worship God. That is why we were created. But living in that fallen society, we have to fill that void somewhere. Yep. And without surrendering to the light, the light that came into the world, without surrendering to Christ... We're going to fill that worship need, or the cheesy song, the God-shaped hole, with something. Someone, something, yeah. yourself, your title, whatever whatever it is. Fill in the blank. I mean, even as, a, as Christians, we will struggle with this idea of worship. We'll struggle with putting things before God and, and worshiping things other than God. So look at your own life and think, what do I struggle with? When it comes to what do I put before God? What do I worship? Quote unquote. What do I worship besides God? Yeah. Not what do you bow down to, like Austin said. Not what do you sing songs to, you know? Oh, money, oh, money. You know, we're not right. singing songs to money. We're, uh, cop, I don't own copyrights to whatever song that was. Uh, <laughs> it was less yeah. than five seconds, sir. Oh, fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we, but the point stands. Yep. We're all made to worship. Yeah. We're all made to worship God, but not all of us do. Right. Well, and, it, and if you don't believe that, I would just say, look at history. Literally every single person's group of people throughout history have worshipped something. <laughs> the Native Americans, to the Aztecs, to the Incans, all the way to the European side, the, uh, the Britannians, the Vikings... The Chinese, the Afro—I mean, literally everyone. If they're not serving the God Yahweh God, they're serving something that they've made. They are serving another God because it is innately within them to serve something, to worship something. And and if they're not bowing down, okay, modern day, okay, America, Exhibit A, you will you will meet people that quote-unquote atheists, right? They don't believe in any God, but that's a form of belief. But anyway, <laughs> but they are their own God. 
Right. Again, they're worshiping themselves because they are satisfying their own desires whenever they want. But it is still worship. So, yeah. We worship the light of the world. The light. Not a light. The light that came into the world. He was not the... Verse 8, he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Again, going back to Trinity, going back to he was already in the world before he came in the world. But he wasn't the whole world was made through him. And it's just like... But he hadn't been revealed yet. And he hadn't been, yeah. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, it, it was he was prophesied about. He was talked about. He was alluded to. He was uh, ultimately he was worshipped. I mean, he he was yeah. he was a part of the, the Jewish worship, that Messiah, that the forthcoming Messiah. Yeah. And but they had no idea. They had no idea who he was. They had no idea what it would look like. They, of course, had because, again, we're dumb humans. <laughs> they thought it was a political leader that was going to overthrow Rome. When, at least at the time when Jesus came in, that was right. the mentality was, oh, this is going to be the one that overthrows overthrows our oppressors and overthrows the people that have taken us back to a golden over. age like King David and yeah. Solomon. Yeah. yeah. And, and but the world didn't know him because, again, A, at least the way I'm reading this, his earthly ministry hadn't started yet. So the world didn't know him because it hadn't been revealed yet that Jesus was the one John was talking about. And B, again, we're dumb humans. Jesus came and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And then they kill, killed him. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even when he came out and said, hey, all those verses in the Old Testament, everything I talked about, or everything that was talked about in the Old Testament, that's me. That's me. Points to me. Yep. Uh, no, no, you go die now, please. How dare you. Like, that ended up being what happened. And, and so, yeah, I think. I, I do think John, we have to be careful not throwing words in there that aren't there, throwing meaning that isn't there. I do think John was talking about how he hadn't been revealed yet. Right. Because especially based on that last he was coming into the world, so the world didn't know him yet. Right. But also when he did get there, they still didn't know him. Yeah. They were still like, nah, not this guy. This guy can't be it. And even later, it, it says that many rejected him, but but many said yes. And, but then yeah. the many that said yes just followed him because they were giving getting food. So, well, yeah, jumping ahead. Anyway, verse 11. Uh, okay, yeah, verse 11. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. That's exactly what I just said. Yep. <laughs> but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. What an awesome thing. So... Before we get too too much ahead, it, it is interesting, though, how it's phrased here. He gave the right to become children of God. Because what is what is a big thing we hear nowadays? How, you know, you, you meet someone and it's like, oh, you're a child of God. Or, oh, everyone's a child of God. Well, we know that not to be true. Because Christ himself, when he's talking to the Pharisees, he says, you are children of the devil. He says, "You, your father is the devil. So obviously they cannot be children of God if they are children of the devil. That's just logic there and reason and pathos and ethos, whatever. And uh, <laughs> um, so 
he came into the world, the light of the world came into the world to, just read it again, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So, again, this goes back to the Holy Spirit. When we recognize that Christ is the Lord, he is our Savior, um, the Holy Spirit is what? It is the sign. It is the seal of what is to come. So, correct me if I'm wrong, yes, in a sense, we, we are children of God because we have the Holy Spirit and what is coming, but we're not actually that yet, right? So, we will become full children of God when we are in heaven with God. Because right now, we are still fallen, we are still sinful, and we are still tainted. But when we are made perfect, when God remakes us, and we are in heaven with him, then we are 100% children of God. So, he has given us the right to be called children of God, but we're not there yet well and it, it also alludes to and you see it and i can't remember exactly where austin you're, you're probably better at this than i am but it talks about us being heirs and, and co-heirs with christ that's what this is too it's it's we are given his name right it, it it'd be i mean put it in today's terms it's you have a ton of money and you have your biological child, Billy, and he is going to get all of your money when you die, but then you adopt, and you adopt Sam. And Sam comes in as a, you know, wasn't born to you, wasn't wasn't your biological kid. He, he just came in off the street, so to speak. But then you adopt Sam, and now Sam is a co-heir with Billy, and they both get your inheritance, and they both get the reward of being your child. That's exactly what this is. He is giving us the ability to enjoy the inheritance that we didn't earn. We weren't born into. We weren't, you know, we we did nothing to to gain it or, or earn it or deserve it or, or whatever. But we've been born into the or, or grafted in. We we talked about right. that in the past. We have been given the ability to get that inheritance and get that reward exactly. and be a son or daughter of God when we did nothing to earn it or deserve it. We were just picked. We were said, hey, you, you, are, you are now mine. I want you. I want you. It, yeah. it's, 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 that's why I love adoption so much yeah. in, 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 in our churches. And, and when, I see our, when I see churches focusing on foster care and adoption, I'm like, man, that church is doing something right because— Orphans. Orphans, yeah, because yeah. it's like, you know— we're taking care of the least of these and we're, we're adopting them in just as we were adopted into God's family through no, you know, merit of our own. We were just adopted into his family. Yeah. So Romans chapter eight, verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and of children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So, yeah, we are children of God. Not quite yet. We have got that seal of approval. We have gotten that seal and that promise saying, you are mine. And when you are up here with me, you are heirs with my son. 
Yeah. It's awesome. It's it it's unbelievable. I mean, we we are children of the king to those who believe and to those who have accepted Christ, to those who are followers of him. We're, we're sons and daughters of the king. We didn't do anything to earn that or deserve that. We we're we're, we're we are worms, right? <laughs> and it's just this idea that all who receive him, who believe in his name, we are children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. It is, it is purely God's desire to have you in his family. I, just mind-blowing. Uh, there, there's a song uh, by the late, great Rich Mullins. And, and, oh, what's the name of the song? I can, I, I'm sitting here singing it, but it's, We are frail, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, we are forged in the fires of human passion, but we're choking on the fumes of selfish rage. Hmm. Just an amazing lyric, an amazing song. I think the song is We're Not As Strong As We Think We Are. I think that's the name of the song. I highly recommend you go and listen to that song. Very humbling song. Great. He he was such a good songwriter. Rich Mullins, in case you missed that. but I got it. Rich Mullins. <laughs> but no, the, the idea that we are a lot of time. gosh, I mean, how many of us were born from parents out of wedlock? So we're born in sin, right? Or because of a sin, sinful act, we were born. I mean, you look at people who were born because of rape or incest or, 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 or sex outside of marriage or whatever the case may be, you weren't born in a God-fearing relationship, and yet still you were called to believe in him, and when you do and you answer that call, you're treated as a king or, or, or a, a son or daughter of the king. Co-heir with Christ. Co-heir. Not like, you know, you get, yeah, you might get a little bit of the, no, no. Co-heir. Yeah. You share in the reward. Yeah. Prince and princesses. So I have a sound bite we need to put on our soundboard. Okay. We are worms! Worthless worms! Memo to me. Memo to me. Name you after my meeting. <laughs> we are Sorry. I like that. Mm, Hercules, it's fine. We are worms. Verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. What does this mean, Brad? <laughs> read, it, read it one more time. Verse 13. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So does this mean we chose God? <laughs> does this mean by our own blood or our own merit, we got to choose God? Okay. I believe no. And I believe John puts all of that to rest. He says, who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's every human being ever, ever. Ultimately, it is not man's will that produces salvation. It is God's will. Yes. And and you can look at various things. I mean, let's go down to John chapter 3 real quick. We'll jump ahead. John chapter 3, verses 6 through 8 say, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. 
The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it is coming from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You can go to Titus 3, verse 5. I'm going to jump down there really quickly. Yada, yada, yada. Talk amongst yourselves for just a moment. Titus 3, verse 5 says, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. And then finally, 1 John, another you know, book written by the same guy we're reading right now. But 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, and it says, If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. There are so many places throughout Scripture that point to God being the author of salvation, not man. That God in, in his will in his sovereignty is the reason why we're saved not anything we did it's we're getting we're gonna we'll get into the weeds in this and we're not going to do that we could get into the weeds and we're not going to do that we're actually gonna do that here very soon but not with us we're gonna do it with other people (laughs) but it it's it's just i I can't we, we we can do nothing the, the the free will that I have, the the desires that I have apart from God, apart from his hand being in there, apart from his his guidance, his his touch, his prompting, his prodding, his poking, his in don't hear this in a negative way, his annoyances, so to speak, because we get annoyed when we're told not to do something that we want to do. Right. Right. But apart from that. I am 10 times out of 10 going to choose what my flesh wants. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, just look at your unsaved friends. Just look at the people who are not believers. They're almost always, no, they're always, they're always choosing their flesh. They're not doing things that are pleasing to God to please God. Right. Whatever they're doing is going to be chosen, or it's going to, they choose their flesh. I cannot choose God on my own. I cannot, without him in my life working, I will always choose what makes me feel good, so to speak, or what satisfies my fleshly desires. Yeah. And it's John, Titus, Romans, the Bible. Ephesians. Ephesians. Colossians. All talks about how God is the author of salvation. And apart from his tugging and his pulling and his prodding and his poking and his 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 work, I'm not going to choose him because I can't. Everything everything in my flesh, every every part of me that is touched by sin, is diametrically opposed to him. So, and I see that in chapter one, verse thirteen. I believe we're agreed. <laughs> Well, I think this is a good place to stop. I do too. Yeah. And because I think the next few verses are going to be pretty, pretty intense too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I got to edit this at some point today. <laughs> so that, that little, little soundbite there at the very end, though, that little discussion of the, just that butt of God, that last verse there, kind of previews what we're going to be doing here in the next few weeks. Uh, our plan is to have someone come on. We're going to talk about the Reformed theology, uh, commonly known as Calvinism. 
I, I still struggle with that term because all the negative connotations that come along with it. But talking about some of that Reformed theology, uh, talking about the, the free will of man, the sovereignty of God, and how all that plays into it in that side of the, the, the debate and that side of the topic. And we want them—the the whole goal is to almost, almost be interview style, where we just—Austin we, and I are neutral. I think you all probably know where both of us stand. I think you know which way we lean uh, in, this, in this topic, in this conversation. But— our goal, or is my goal, I hope it's Austin's goal, I, I think it is, is to kind of remain objective in, when it comes to this interview style yep. and ask them the tough questions. And then we're also going to have someone that's on the other side of this, commonly known as Arminianism. I think there are other... Free will. Free will. There's other terms for it. I don't necessarily like the term Arminianism either So because yeah. of the connotations that can have. Yeah. Because I do think there's negative connotations on both sides where both sides fall into terrible attitudes and actions and choices and stuff like that so depravity depravity on both <laughs> sides so like i'm i'm totally there um but we're gonna have both sides and we're gonna do a couple episodes with each and we're just gonna discuss it and we're gonna try to get both sides to present a biblical case for why they believe the way they believe which is kind of the goal of this podcast as a whole is to have a biblical understanding of why we believe what we believe yeah and take the emotion out of it take the anger out of it take mm-hmm. the Take the vitriol out of these topics and just say, okay, what does the Bible say? And show me where the Bible leans your direction. Uh, show me why you believe the Bible leans the, yep. you know, leads you to believe the way you do. So that's going to be our goal. It's going to be the next couple of weeks. Um, I don't have an exact date yet. Also, now going to hammer that out here in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we are. We're going to release some of those episodes, and in between there, we'll continue going through the Book of John. Uh, going to come back at verse 14 will be kind of where we start next probably next week we'll end up doing verse 14 and or starting verse 14 and do another episode of john and then we might take a little break and do these episodes and then come back and get back into the book of john as well so uh we're very excited about what's coming up like i said jump on give butter it's it's a really weird uh (laughs) website g-i-v-e-b-u-t-t-e-r give butter all one word give butter.com slash rooted just the word rooted. That'll take you to our page. It's it's linked on our Facebook page. It's pinned to the top there. You can find us on that. I'll throw it on Instagram here at some point. You can find us on the on the Instagram as well. Um, and that just again, just you know, help us get to Winter Jam and get some of the get the word out about our podcast. And who knows, maybe this can become a a, a full on full fledged ministry at some point. And that that would be amazing. I, I was cool. actually asked in an interview a few days ago, hey. What are your long-term goals? Like, what is something you where, – where would you – if you could have it your way, where would you be in the next few years? And I'm like, honestly, I, I don't really have a firm answer. I said, but it would be amazing if something like Rooted could be a ministry that actually provides a little bit of income where I could really focus on it. Oh, yeah. I think Austin would feel the same way where if there was a way where we could do ministry together – and have a little bit of a living off of it. It'd be incredible. And we, we can only do that if we get bigger, which also requires us to get better technology. It requires us to, to grow. I mean, and we can't grow without help. <laughs> right. And that's where we're asking for some help in that regard. So we thank you guys for supporting us. Again, the download numbers are unbelievable. I mean, we're well over 10,000 downloads, which that's is awesome. unbelievable. Uh, can't thank you guys enough for that. It's humbling. And you know what? Honestly, if this doesn't grow when it stays like this, we're still going to do it. We're going to 
be faithful with it because yep. I think it's something that we both feel called to do and still enjoy. And so if it only reaches the people it reaches right now, that's the word only shouldn't have been said there. It, that's still it's an amazing thing. Like we're not we're we're grateful and we yes. love it. But we just want to see if maybe God wants us to go any further. And if he does and if you feel like he does, please give us money. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, send us any kind of comments, any kind of questions, any thoughts on this. If you have any questions you want us to ask uh, the, our uh, pr- uh, the people that we're going to interview for these upcoming episodes, Ooh. feel free to send us those questions. If you, if you have struggled with the Reformed theology, the Calvinism-Arminian debate, and you say, man, you're making a strong argument, but I can't get past this. Yeah. Send us what that is. Yeah. And let us let us ask that question to someone more smarter than us. <laughs> let yeah. us ask that question and we would love to incorporate that into this because we want this to be informative. We want it to be not confrontational. We just want to say, okay, someone has this legitimate problem with this. How do you respond? Yeah. And and just and that would be really cool to be able to do that. So um Give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify. If you can, leave us a review. That'd be wonderful. We'd love to have that. And we will see you guys next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. In the meantime, stay rooted. <laughs>